buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. We've got a great guest for you today. I've got Harry Spat, who is a sales leader and a fellow podcaster of the Lead and Lead Sell Grow podcast. Harry, thanks for coming on today. Great to be here, Colin. What's the good word? We're going to talk about sales, baby. Sales, sales, and sales. It. Our listeners are expecting to learn something today. So we have talked before, and you are prepared to bring nothing but fire. All right. Good deal. I've got it, man. All Where right. So tell, it, tell, yeah, tell us the Cliff Notes version of your story, how you fell into sales, got into sales. Why the heck did you pick sales? Why are you still in sales? Whatever you want to tell us, oh, the short version goodness. of your story. Yeah. So the short version is um, I did not start in sales where I got paid for sales until I was in my mid thirties. Okay. However, uh, for 15 years prior to that, I was a missionary and all that really was looking back was sales. The only difference mm. was no dinero came with that. <laughs> so when I no commission checks, no commissions. Exactly. So when I reached a certain point and my wife was reached a certain point in her life and she said, uh, are we going to have kids ever? And I said, mm. kids, that means a real job. Sounds expensive. So what, what can I do? <laughs> and it was, exactly. So the only thing I've, I was good with was with people, uh, working with people, being a good listener. So I was thinking, and uh, I said, what can I do? And I said, you know, I know that there are sales out there. I don't know what those people make, but I'm going to look into it. Mm. And the rest is history. I looked into it, and eventually I made a career out of it. All right. Well, there's one thing that you said that stood out to me for sure, and that's that you are you are a good listener, which is huge for salespeople. Because, I mean, I've seen a lot of salespeople. I've been pitched a lot, and it's a skill being a good listener. Not just hearing what people are saying, but being a good listener, and because that leads to how the conversation goes, asking better questions. How has, you know, why is being a good listener so important to you in, in a sales role or for any seller? Yeah, it's uh, a great question. I think, you know, so I'm very uh, cognizant of what I say about that, that I was a good listener because most people get into sales because they are a good talker, mm -hmm. right? And they say, well, I love to talk. 
And why, why am I not successful in sales? <laughs> I think so, they used to, yeah. I've heard it thrown, gift of the gab, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Gift of the gab doesn't equal great seller. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It just means noise in the background and there's no empty space, but you really do want silence in selling. Mm. Right. So in a moment like this in back and forth, a lot of salespeople struggle with silence. Yep. So I can actually pause and I'm not worried. I'm not stressing over the fact that there's a little silence here. It allows one to think and get their thoughts together and really prevents you from putting foot in mouth as much as you might just because you can't deal with silence. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you mentioned was, you know, being a good listener allows you to understand your client and asking better questions. So if you really do want to understand your client and be a great resource for them, you have to ask, what is it that you need? What challenges are you having? and not talk over them, right? Once you start talking over them, what happens? What has been they, your experience? They stop you listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, here we go. Another salesperson that can't keep their mouth shut. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's huge is that uh, it's not about being the best speaker, the best public speaker. It's all about asking decent questions and then shutting the mouth and just listening. And why do you think that so many sellers get uncomfortable with the silence? Yeah, I, I love that question. It's, in my opinion, it's nerves. Mm. We have so much riding on having conversations lead to sales. Yes. So I'm looking, if I'm not thinking in the moment, right? We want to be in the moment. And I have a great appointment and my appointment is with you. And if I'm thinking through it, I'm saying, this is a great prospect. I'm in front of him. He's probably going to buy my stuff. I'm going to make a decent commission and I'm going to spend it doing this. Hmm. And we've got all this chain of reactions going on in our mind of what's happening next that we're not in the moment. So then the nerves kick in and we're thinking, well, I've got a, I've got a sale here and we're not listening. And so any silence I think is nervousness where there's a lack of calmness where people can deal with the silence because they just put so much pressure on where that conversation is going to lead. Mm, those are some what do you interesting. Think? Is that crazy? <laughs> no, I think that it's accurate. And I'll add a little piece to it as well is a lot of times, so nerves kick in. Yes. Right. That's why they hurry up and figure out what they need to say next to get to that goal, to get that sale, to spend that money that they've already planned on spending. Right. But a lot of times the need to feel like you need to keep talking can be tied back to lack of confidence or, you know, not having a good healthy pipeline means you feel that pressure that every conversation, every meeting, every discovery, every demo is a make or break. Yeah, but that, that's definitely a huge factor. I remember reading something, you know, 
back when I got started in sales. I wasn't a kid, remember. I was a grown adult <laughs> and I read somewhere or I heard it on a tape, a uh, cassette tape, you know, it shows you how old I am, that said to act like you don't need the sale. Right? Yeah. Even though you're starving, you have to act like you don't need the sale. So that burned in my brain that I was brand new. I was not making any money. I was not selling uh, because, you know, when you're brand new and you're just, it's uh, all net new uh, prospects. It took me months to sell one thing. I, was, I think I was like, uh, oh, for my first four months, but I kept acting the same way, right? Mm -hmm. I don't need the sale. And people would say to me, it's like, how are you so relaxed? And it, you know, I, I knew it was going to happen if I did the right things and just acting like you're, you need the sale is not good, right? When you see people acting like they need to sell, you want to get far away from those people. Oh yeah. And, and I just, I just had a conversation <clears throat> with Josh Braun about some of these, these points, right? And mm -hmm. you, you, you got to go into it very, like tone matters so much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you've heard, you've heard people say it, right? Yeah. Like how you say things matters more than what you say or, or is equally important, whatever side of the fence you sit on with that. But mm -hmm. tone is so important, right? If you're nervous, if you're lack, you know, you're, you're not confident, you're not cool. You don't, you know, talk too fast. All of those things are contributing factors on how that conversation is going to go. And I think one point that you made that really could make a difference in, you know, how people speak is that mindset of acting like they don't need the sell. That can relax you a little bit. It can take a little load off. You can be less stressed going into the conversation. And if anybody even remembers what, you know, in-person sales is like, because there was a time where people would meet in person <laughs> and yeah. try to sell something, um, your body language, mm -hmm. your body language is huge. And and do you think, think that's true? I mean, I'm sorry. I think that it's, I think it's equally as important as how you say it. You know, if you're fidgety and you're not making good eye contact, yeah. when people are uncomfortable, they're not going to look in your eyes. When they're maybe being dishonest, they're not going to maybe look in your eyes. When they're, you know, giving you a load of crap that somebody told them that they're supposed to say because it's on, you know, a marketing piece, you know, and they don't really believe it or not confident in it, they're not going to make eye contact. There's a lot of things about in-person sales, body language, tone, eye contact that are equally as important. In, if you're just doing, say, over the phone or video conferencing where it's, you know, tone. Mm -hmm. Totally. And the, you know, you got me thinking about Zoom. Do you think uh, people pick up that nervousness as well in a Zoom mm -hmm. meeting? Well, there's a lot of stats. Or, yeah, this, this style meeting, even though we're not on Zoom, but you get the idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so video, let's just say, you know, video conferencing, right? Zoom, the name Zoom is like the, the brand like zoom is referred to as like the, like Xerox was for a copier, right? Like <laughs> exactly. you Xerox things like you zoom, yeah. right? Which you could be on any platform, but everybody think, Oh, you're zooming. Right. Yeah. But anyway, video conferencing as a method of selling and meeting with people. Right. Um, uh, I think is, is yeah. People can, you know, if you're not looking at the camera, 
if you're not, you know, making and which is challenging because, you know, for you to feel like I'm looking at you, I need to look at the camera, not it's you. Impossible. That's right? impossible. I can't do that. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. But but it's important, right? Because, um, well, let's let's take it back. Let's take it back a second, right? Because there's still people that aren't turning their camera on, right. which is a huge miss. Which is a huge miss. Uh, there's less people now. Most people are open to turning, you know, turning their camera on. Um, but pre-COVID, you would go on many, 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 many calls, demos, discoveries, whatever your sales process playbook looks like. And there's lots of people that would not turn on the camera. Oh, absolutely. And there's distrust. You know, there's like, there's so much value in turning in the camera because you're now a face, a name, a person. Um, you know, there's stats out there that say, you know, if your sales process includes video conferencing and just turning your camera on alone could increase your close rates by like 40%. Wow. Yeah, that's significant. <laughs> so, but then, you know, how do you do it right? Right. right. Do you have a big pile of dirty laundry in the back? Do you have some, <laughs> do you have some suspicious virtual background that looks like you're trying to hide something? Um, you know, do they feel like you're listening? You know, they can see you now, right? So right. are you listening? Are you really uh, genuinely listening? Or uh, can they see you and tell that you're just waiting to get your next word in, right? So there's a lot of things that you could hide, you know, hide behind just a phone that you can't once your camera's on. So right. you got to be, you got to be aware of these things. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I agree with you is that there is so much awareness uh, that can be factored in, uh, but it's the same deal, right? If you're trying to build a relationship in front of somebody face to face, you still want to do it on the, in the virtual world, right? You can still, even though it's different, you may not smell someone's perfume, you may not get the handshake, but you know, just because the, the scenario is different doesn't mean we, in any lesser way, do we not want to build that relationship? So yeah. the challenge is there, but you know, like what you mentioned, there's a lot of ways where you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if people are going to remember how to shake hands when we come out of You're this You're right. right. No, fist pump, maybe. El elbow Elbows. bumps. <laughs> yeah. Foot, foot bump. Um, you know, people yeah. are getting creative. Um, but, you know, there's also a lot of benefits too. Like there's some people that, you know, like you can, um, you know, people are more comfortable in their own like home. If they're working from home, they're in a more comfortable, relaxed environment that they're comfortable with. Some people have kids, like yeah. you see a kid running around in the background. Like if you have kids, that's like an opportunity to build rapport or you're like, you know, wow, you're, you know, managing work and kids and being teacher. Like there's so many wins that can come out of building that relationship in a deeper level. Um, by leveraging it right now in with with the current situation and video and people working from home. Definitely agree. I have dogs and they're constantly interrupting meetings, right? And you know, before the meeting's out, someone's asking, "Can I see the dogs?" right? So I'm lifting <laughs> up my laptop or taking the camera off and showing them the dogs in the room. So, you know, things that you don't necessarily think of as building rapport but man, you have dogs and you're talking to a dog lover. I mean, it's money, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not something you need to be embarrassed about, you know, kids running in. I mean, all that stuff is endearing. People like to see the human element versus here's another salesperson, you know, sniffing their commission. 
Right, right. Right. Yeah. Or I'm not going to turn my camera on and I'm just going to hit play on this demo that's not even customized to your needs. Yeah. Which yeah. is a whole other topic we could go <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think sales hustlers, if you're, you're listening, like, you know, number one, you got to be turning your camera on number two, like there's some good etiquette, um, around doing that and doing it right. And there's some things that are to your advantage. Right. And, you know, there's people out there that are going to think that this situation is tough and is hard and it is for a lot of people, but there's also a lot of positives about the current situation. There's a lot of people that are now at home that maybe wouldn't take calls before that are looking for some sort of human connection relationship. They have more time because they're not traveling. Like there's so many advantages that a seller has to them in the current environment to do more. It's just that you got to put the work and the effort in to do it and not make excuses. Right. You know, I think along with that, when you mentioned, you know, people have the time is that on the sales side of things, salespeople are frustrated and say, well, nobody's buying. Right. So it's, Either everybody's buying or nobody's buying. And right now, nobody's buying is the mindset for many. But doesn't mean we stop selling. Right? doesn't mean we stop building relationships, where we stop building trust, where we stop introducing ourselves to people. Because, you know, even though someone, all buying may be put on hold, doesn't mean all relationship building has been put on hold. It doesn't mean all exploring for ways to improve our business have been put on hold or the ways to improve our personal lives has been put on hold. So there's a lot of things that salespeople can do where they just have to get past the fact that maybe people aren't buying as much now, but now's the perfect time to build a relationship funnel, um, build further trust with people and the people that were in the funnel you know, we keep nurturing them and getting closer with them. And then uh, when the time's right, you know, floodgates will open, in my opinion. I I think that that's a a great point. I'm glad that you brought that up because there's actually something to be said about the fact that if you don't do that, and what I mean by that, Harry, is if, say, for example, you have somebody you've been nurturing and then they're very clear that they're not buying right now Mm -hmm. and you totally back off and you totally stop caring about them. They know that your commission breath is strong and (laughs) smells bad. So what that means is when they are buying, do you think they're going to buy from you? No chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, when someone says, leave me alone, right? I mean, it's just such a fine line. I was reading a post the other day from uh, an IT CIO, IT managed director, but very high level. So if it wasn't director level, it was definitely C-level. And he put out a post that I respect salespeople. And when I say, leave me alone for a while, it's not because I don't like you. I'm just, I'm not buying anything anytime soon. And salespeople in general can't deal with that. So they would do one of two things. They leave the person alone completely. Mm. Or when they do follow up, they're asking if anything's changed. Right? Like the person didn't know what they're talking about. Most C-level people 
and director level people know when they're not going to be in the market and can give an answer and say, if I'm not going to be in the market for six months, trust me on that, right? <laughs> Don't call me in a month and say, did anything change? Right. But what would be better is I thought of you when I read this today, wanted yeah. to share it with you, right? Yeah. Or, you know, something came up in the local whatever, in the local news, something about your company, something about your industry, wanted to share, ask you something, you know, those types of conversations where you are viewed as a person, not as a salesperson. What's your thought on that? I think that that is a great example of how to stay top of mind with a prospect that's not buying right now. And, you know, I think that when somebody says, leave me alone, or I'm not buying right now, it's okay to ask for some clear, some clarity around that. I'm just like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Hey, can I check back in a month? No. Like, hey, I understand. I hear you. I'm listening <laughs> to yeah. you. You know, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to be a, like, just call it what it is. I don't want to be a pesky salesperson. Exactly. So when would be an appropriate time? Should I put you three months? Should I put you six months? Right. Mm -hmm. And then have a strategy around maybe giving them little tidbits of educational content, posting on their content on social <laughs> media, connecting with them. That's an right. easy, that's an easy, like, that's an easy recipe right there. Okay. You're not yeah. buying right now. No worries. Connect with them on social. Hey, Thanks for letting me know, you know, if you ever feel the need to reach out to me sooner, you know where to find me. And, you know, if you're putting out content, which every seller should be, uh -huh. then you can easily stay top of mind with them. If you connect with them on social, um, you can also, I have a little hack that I do. Anybody that I'm trying to nurture or further relationships with, I actually have a Google sheet that I actually keep track of their social media activity URL. And then I can just pop in there two, three times a week, like their stuff, comment on their stuff. And it's a way to show up different, stay top of mind without just, you know, sending them a bunch of crap, spam emails or, you know, calling back and saying, hey, has anything changed? I want what you just described. Uh, that sounds great, that Google um, tool. Because um, it definitely, you know, the things I've been doing or suggesting to my team is find the business development people and the companies that we're targeting, right? Mm -hmm. They're not buying anything, but build relationships with those people because they will give you the inside scoop Right. We're in the same shoes as those people. Um, you know, they're they're struggling as well. They want to have a conversation. They're probably trying to get conversations and are struggling. And why not just see how you can help each other? But then, then you if have, you yeah, then you have a right? champion and then you have, you know, a mutual connection or relationship. I think that's a that's a great idea. And now let maybe just to push back on that a little bit, right? Sure. There is people buying. There is like, it, it kind of depends on what you sell, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, what you sell matters, but there are people buying. Absolutely. You just got to do the work to find them. Yeah. And it might mean putting in more effort than you're used to. That's what it's going to take. Um, and the environment is, can be to you, the current environment is beneficial to that. People are not commuting. Uh, people are not traveling. Um, people want to connect with people. You know, I, I'm a, I, one thing that you mentioned early, which I'm a I'm a big 
big, big fan of, and I do as well, is building the relationship funnel. That's like a foreign concept to some people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can genuinely just build relationships and see how you can support one, one another. And social media is the perfect place to do that. Lead with value. Why don't you try have, striking up a conversation with somebody with no pitch? No pitch. <laughs> exactly. No pitch. Just learn a little yeah. bit about them. Yeah. That's great. You know, so like just going back and I don't at all want to imply that people are not buying. I a hundred percent agree with you that it's, you just have to find where they're buying, right? Yeah. What verticals are where, doing well, what? right? And then, uh, you know, but they're obviously if someone's got a sign on their window saying going out of business sale, probably not the best time, but there are others. You can look at parking lots. You go out for a drive uh, even though you might be working remotely, go out for a drive and see what buildings have cars in the parking lot because there's some offices open if you're doing yeah. that type of sale. But there's just different things there that uh, – Find people that are hiring and yeah, go exactly, after that. People right? that are hiring are probably buying. Yeah, so great point. Um, so the idea of just going back to someone saying, get in touch with me in six months. Yeah. And the salesperson's obedient, right? Because they said, I wrote a note here in the CRM. It's whatever. It's uh, June. So I'm going to give that person a call in November or December because they told me to wait six months. Were they saying disappear for six months? <laughs> or are they saying don't bug me about your product for six months? Right? Which is it, do you mm. think? Because Don't try to sell me anything for six months. Yeah, exactly. So now if you're obedient and you disappeared for six months, how did the relationship grow? Mm. It doesn't, right? So the whole people buy from people they know, like, and trust, well, they didn't know you anymore. You're just – they told you to stay away for six months and you did. So do they know you any better? Do they like you anymore? Do they trust you? They say, oh, yeah, well, you did listen to me. I said stay away for six months, but you provided zero value for me in these six months about what it is that can help my business or personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's your thoughts? I think that that is a valid point, right? So disappearing for six months, not staying top of mind. And you can easily do this through, you know, serving them some educational content periodically, you know, the, 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 the recipe for that is not, okay, Harry, you tell me I'm not buying for six months. I have no budget or maybe my contract is up in six months and I'll be looking at it after that. Right. Whatever the case is. Yeah. Right. Perfect. So, so the recipe for that is not, I'm going to schedule you six months and then call <laughs> you and then say, Harry, Hey, you're ready to buy, right? Right. That's not yeah. the play. With the me. play, <laughs> the play might be, you know, maybe maybe you you maybe you're fortunate enough to have you know some technology that would allow you to subscribe them to an educational cadence. Um, maybe you have to do that manually every mm -hmm. 30, 45 days. You have, you know, you're going to schedule them 30 days out, and that task is going to say, "Do not call, not buying." Add value, right? Mm -hmm. That could be. That could be commenting, liking on something on social media. That could be, you know, recording a short video and sending it to them. That could be sending them an email that has something that they're going to learn from. That could be inviting them to a strictly educational type event or webinar. 
Or it could simply be reaching out and saying, hey, I know you're not buying, but how can I help you? Mm -hmm. What are you looking for? Maybe, you know, maybe I can make some connections for you. Maybe I can introduce you to somebody. Um, So thinking of ways to be different that have nothing to do with you selling your product or service are going to be the win. Absolutely. And so these, you know, where there is this time where, you know, there's less commuting, there's less, I mean, you don't have to go from appointment to appointment for a lot of us. Even though I was in outside sales, I'm now inside sales, right? My world and my team's world has changed. So with all that extra time for commuting, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Are we sleeping in, right? Um, watching uh, old reruns of something stupid, or are we doing something that's making us better, mm-hmm. right? And if you look back at these past seven months where we are in eight months now of COVID, I guess, uh, we just hit the eight-month mark, how much better are you today than you were eight months ago? And if the answer is, I'm not sure I am, I don't think anything, um, then you don't change that, right? Because this is, you have time that's just been given to you because you're not commuting. And what are you doing with it, right? And so if you're not, if there's not some self-development and some growth there, you're just squandering an opportunity that you will look back on and say, Years from now, you'll say, if I only had the time to do this, right? When you're really busy, I wish I could do that if I only had the time. Well, we've had the time, right? And it's not like we're sitting idly, but, you know, are we changing some habits? Are we reading more? Are we listening more to podcasts? Or, you know, you mentioned something about uh, SDRs and BDRs having their own podcast. I think that's brilliant, right? I mean, this does not just have to be for executives and entrepreneurs. Yeah. Are you right? using the time to sleep in or binge binge on Netflix? Or right. are you using the, the time to get better at your craft? Yeah. To be a to elevate yourself as a seller, right? What are you doing to get better? What are you do, getting to do better? Are you using that time because you know the people that are still winning that are still, you know, doing okay are the people that are putting in that extra time, using that extra time wisely. The, the I'm too busy or if I only had time is honestly a load of shit. You know, <laughs> you can make time. If right. it's important enough, you make time, you know? Yeah. And you're and, the perfect person to talk about that. Right. I mean, you're, you're a hustler. I mean, you've got multiple gigs going, a uh, family man with three kids, three rugrats, as you described. <laughs> There's not enough time in the day for you to do some extra things like, you know, watch a baseball game, for instance. But if there was an opportunity to do something that would help your personal growth or your kids' personal growth, you would find the time for it because that's where you see the value, right? That's exactly. different, right? What makes you different than others who just say, you know what? Uh, I got to watch uh, 18 hours of this Netflix show and do that in two days. And I'll really feel great about myself. I mean, who does that? Right. They do yeah. it. And then, I mean, who says I really feel great afterwards? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming there are those people out there, but it's so much better to make your life better. And so you can make an impact with those around you and yourself. Right. Is that the way to be? Yeah, there's 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 a lot to be said about that, right? Um, and a lot of it, you know, a lot of what some people maybe don't realize, sales hustlers, listen closely here, is 
you know, your, your personal life has a lot to do with your professional life, right? Like, are you really taking care of yourself to be your best self professionally, you know, or are you not? And there's a few simple things that you can do, you know, like exercising, you know, waking up early, um, meditating, eating good, healthy food, getting proper sleep. Um, these are all, you know, what sort of, what are you taking in? You know, are you sitting around watching the news all day? It's going to be hard to be positive when you go to work or when you roll out of bed into your desk, whatever the case is. Right. Um, so, you know, using your time wisely, making sure that you're taking in, you know, positivity, surrounding yourself by positive people, um, and having some discipline, you know, um, it, you can relate it to athletes. Like I'm not a sports guy, right? But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, athletes, you better believe what they do off the field, you know, or off the court is equally as important as what they do at practice or on game day. Oh, yeah. I mean, so everything you just mentioned, I was speaking to uh, on our podcast earlier today. We were speaking to an executive entrepreneur, brilliant conversation uh he was brilliant i mean (laughs) not that we were brilliant uh and he spoke about people who live disastrous lives and companies put them in positions of leadership at times Mm. and their life is a disaster they have no clue how to run their own life um it's real hard to help others when your life is a disaster So if you're not sure, right, I mean, most of us know, right, you can look at a lot of things about your life, you know, your diet, your exercise or lack thereof, the amount of time, you know, when you go to bed, if it's two in the morning and you're running late for meetings all the time, you just need to stop and think, right? And a lot of times Mm -hmm. I think salespeople have these reputations, you know, we're scatterbrains, we're, you know, always late for meetings, you know, but that person's a real hustler, but they're always late for meetings. I mean, there are things that we can do in our own lives that will make us even better, right? So that, you know, when an opportunity comes along where someone says, we want you to run this company or we want someone to help run this company, you're in position for that. Or starting your own business, you're in position, but people with poor habits are typically not real successful in running companies, right? So all the things that you just said, you know, this is a good time again for self-analysis and to ask, right? Ask a close friend or a family member and say, do you think I've got it going on? I mean, is there ways that you think that I could be a little bit better? I mean, why not? Yeah. And there's a lot of great peer-based sales groups that are popping up and and blossoming and and flourishing and, you know, where there wasn't a lot of that before, you know, where you can just go in a group or a Slack group or, you know, Google group, they've got them all different formats and places. And, you know, there's just other sellers on there that, you know, want to help support each other, help each other get better and also be able to lean on their peers when they need some help. So that's a huge resource that, you know, people can tap into, um, you know, or, you know, my friend Chris Williams has uh, something extremely cool that he's started. Uh, I had him on the podcast and it's a peer-based sales huddle. 
you know, mm-hmm. and you can sign up and try three huddles out and you just go there with a working, you know, active working, you know, item that you want to work on and work through. And mm-hmm. there's, you know, three to five other, you know, sellers that are also there trying to work on something. And, um, you know, that's, it's something that's really helpful to go, you know, outside your organization and get some support from fellow sellers and peers as well. Yeah. It truly opens up your eyes to the broader world, right? You know, you have, uh, I mean, some sales organizations are small and you may not have, you know, the best role models there in front of you. But those mm-hmm. role models are not hard to find on LinkedIn. And then joining the groups. I mean, I've sat in now on, uh, you know, Larry Levine does Selling from the Heart. And I am in a weekly meeting, most weeks anyway. And the sharpening of iron, right? Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. been amazing, right? You listen to people and what they're doing is like, holy crap. <laughs> What's my sorry excuse? And, you know, it's just, I love it, right? It's just because you're around people that want to be better versus, you know, our natural tendency is to slack off in general, not necessarily like you, Colin, but a lot of us, you know, give me a bag of chips and let me slack off and watch Netflix for a while, you know, but you have people that are sharp and you will say, well, what have you read lately? Or what mm. podcast do you listen? What What's the book you're reading now? It's like, Man, I'm glad I'm reading a book when people ask me that question. If they but if it, they ask yeah. you, you know, in six months and you're still reading the same book, then yeah. <laughs> right. it better be the Bible have... <laughs> or it better be War and Peace or something. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. And, you know, I, it, th- something that I think is important and, and needs to be said, too, is, you know, sellers that feel like they can't learn anything or can't get better are in big trouble. And, and even to go deeper on that, you can always learn something from somebody. Even if they, yeah. even if you're a tenured rep and, you know, maybe they've just started, they're fresh, you know, they might have some good ideas. You just got to oh, be open-minded yeah. and be willing to try new things uh, to get better at your craft. Yeah. You, know, you yeah, can't have that fixed mindset. Right. And that goes for sales leadership, right? And sales leadership thinks that their way they've been doing for, I've been doing this for 20 years. I know what I'm doing. Don't question me. Right. Mm. I mean, that's just stupid. You know, have an oppor- have a uh, culture where people can bring up ideas and celebrate them and say, yeah, let's give it a try or let's do this first and let's, you know, sprinkle some of that in or whatever and be open-minded about it. And, you know, your people will love you instead of here's another sales leader slash jerk that I, you know, is going to bark <laughs> at me every time I come up with an idea. So all the good ideas stay behind someone's ears, right? They just, they don't want to talk about it. So you know, that's in the world of which we're in, in sales, we should be keen on getting what people's interests are, whether that be yeah. our clients or the clients that are on our sales team, if we're in sales leaders, right? Mm-hmm. We want to ask them just, I mean, we'd be hypocritical if we went to a client and said, hey, tell me about your business. Tell me what's working, what isn't working, and then never had that conversation with our sales team. Right. With individuals. Hey, what's right? What do you think is working? What do you think we could be doing better at? Right. They don't want to hear the answer. (laughs) So if you truly want, right, that feedback is going to make you better. That feedback's important. And I'm a big believer that the feedback from the people that didn't do business with you is more valuable than the feedback from the people that did. Oh, yeah. And how do you get that feedback? 
Oh, you can just go. It's, 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 it's a really simple play. Um, you can do this on the phone. You can do this on email. You can do it on both, but it's gotta be authentic. It's gotta be mm -hmm. genuine. It's, you know, it can't feel like it's a trick. It's, right. you can't feel like it's a trick to get them back in your funnel or back, yeah. you know, back in, back in, you know, buying mode. Um, sure. and sometimes it does result in that. Sometimes yeah. it does, but it's gotta be genuine. Like, Hey, Harry, you know, I'm just reaching out to opportunities that, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't end up closing or you don't even have to use that language. I personally mm -hmm. like to go more in this direction. Hey, Harry, I'm just reaching out. Um, looks like, you know, you're engaged with our team here for a while. And for, it seems like we dropped the ball mm -hmm. and let that sink in. Yeah. For some reason we didn't earn your trust and, you know, we're all about getting better and no pressure, um, not trying to sell you anything, but I just like to know in your experience, was there anything we could have done better? Mm -hmm. What kind of responses have you got for that? You'd be surprised. Some people give you mm -hmm. good feedback. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you, your sales rep was too pushy. Mm -hmm. He called too much. I told mm -hmm. him I wasn't buying, but he continuously bothered me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, he lied about something. Um, mm -hmm. He said this, and I saw that online. Um, I checked your this review and it said this. So I assumed this and that's why I didn't think you were a good fit or, you know, just the problem's not big enough or the impact's not big enough. Whatever the case is, it can help you tailor your sales process or playbook to uncover things that maybe didn't. Um, or sometimes a lot of times you'd be surprised. They actually were just, you know, maybe a little bit unsure about something, confused about something. They made some sort of assumption mm -hmm. because something wasn't explained properly right. um, and they thought you weren't the right fit or it's just budget or it's timing. I mean, there's a lot of different things. A lot of those deals can end up back in the pipeline, but other ones can actually give you good information of how to change, how to coach that seller, um, you know, how to change your messaging, um, how to, you know, go deeper in your questioning. There's a lot of great things that can come out of that. Absolutely. And they feel no pressure. They feel no right. pressure. No, people like great. to help. Yeah. People like to help people. You just got to ask for it. Yeah. And I think when you just mentioned, if you're really genuine, you know, that's just, that's really the key. And I love, I love that approach, right? We dropped the ball, right? We didn't earn yeah. your trust. That's yeah. a good one. I, I even go, I even go a little bit more shock value. You, can say, you know what? <laughs> it looks like we fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, and how, you, how you, often are you selling in churches, Colin? <laughs> yeah, not often with that one. I mean, you you really got to be mindful of your audience with that one. But if it's yeah. somebody you built rapport with, and, yes, you know, yeah, it's it's got shock value. <laughs> I've used that in email subject lines, and it works well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I, I love the uh, the boldness. I love, but it's it's who you are, right? So yeah. people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Harry, it's been a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I'm sad to say that we've <laughs> ran out of time for today because people have short attention spans. And if we keep going, they're going <laughs> to drop off anyway. Um, <laughs> that was great. But uh, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for your contribution for all the sales hustlers out there. Tell folks where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast or anything else that you want to let them know. Yeah, so we are uh, Lead, Sell, Grow, The Human Connection. You can find us on any podcast channel and also Facebook, Lead, Sell, Grow. We'd be happy to join. have you join our group. Awesome. We will it's drop the blast. links. 
Yeah, we will drop the links for that in the show notes. If you're listening to the podcast and then you enjoyed it, please write us a review, share it with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.